Aloha, how's it? What's good, y'all? This is your brother from another mother. This is the Soul Brother coming to you on a very dreary and cloudy July 18th, 2023. It's about a quarter till 1 p.m. Hawaiian Standard Time here on Tuesday. So for all my brothers and sisters out here in the islands, um, tropical storm now, Calvin, I believe has entered our midst. So please make sure that you're, you're very careful out there. To all my peeps on Oahu, drive slow, Maui. Big Island, folks here in uh, Kauai, hunkered down, you know, um, rain bands probably going to come through today and tomorrow, but then hopefully we'll have some nice clear skies again here in the Hawaiian Islands, but definitely make sure that you got your provisions, you know, if you haven't already, if it hasn't already hit you, get out there, get them real quick, save some for the rest of us, please, save some, you know, but uh, definitely stay safe, y'all, so, and much love to y'all, so. But this is the soul, brother. I'm coming to you today. I want to talk about a little topic that's been on my mind. Um, this one is entitled Family Squabbles. Um, you are, you already know. I mean, they happen. They happen. And, uh, and sometimes they're short-lived, and sometimes they're long drawn out, and sometimes they're not that bad. Sometimes they're ugly. Whichever they may have, just know that you're going to have them. They're going to occur. But when they do, everyone in and around you needs to be aware, adult, to handle them. You know, there's a few situations that I got that are kind of prevalent in my life right now that I'm kind of going to scrape the surface on without giving too much detail. But and at the same time, I'm going to send a message out, out to certain people and to y'all. Um, you know, we definitely need to make sure that in this day and age, uh, you know, after after the uh, pandemic, I mean, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of people that were nervous about life. Life was just leaving this planet like it was nothing. I mean, as easy as the air we breathe, that's how people were leaving us. And um, we only have one life to live. And so we got to we got to make sure that we do everything in this life that's possible to keep the peace as best we can. There's going to be times where those uh, squabbles will arise. And, you know, sometimes you got to face that confrontation head on. I'm not telling you not to. I'm just telling you to make sure that you do it in a positive, constructive manner. Negative hollering, yelling, acting a damn fool isn't really going to get you anywhere. You know, and um, and that's just the short and long of it, you know. So, so we're going to get into this, you know. Um, I got a lot invested right now. So let me fix the mic. Um, you know, I haven't been very happy with a couple of situations that I have been made aware of. And, um, you know, I just I just I kind of want to talk uh, to my families and the different people that are involved and let them know how I feel. And at the same time, offer you all advice on how to handle things like this, because, you know, uh, these situations can happen to anybody. It just so happens that they're happening now uh, to my dad's side of the family or the Mitchell family, you know, so. So my father. Uh, Ward S. Mitchell Sr., you know, he's getting up there in age. Uh, we uh, we call him Big Guy. You know, I call him Pops. Uh, there's Wardy, there's Uncle Wardy, you know. Um, we all got our own different names for him, you know. Um, my dad's a quiet dude. He's a good guy, you know. Uh, he's, he, uh, he's a good guy, you know. He and I's relationship, you know, um, with me being his firstborn, you know, him and my mom were married for a short time and then they got divorced, you know. I'm aware of some things that happened and, you know, my parents are not together anymore. And so my mom got me, went up to live with her in New York. Then many years later when her mom died, my nana, I wanted to come live with my dad, which was, as a kid, I look back now, that was kind of messed up. I just kind of left my mom there, but I wanted a relationship with my dad. And I moved back out to Kansas. He was living in Hutchinson, Kansas at the time, uh, go Salthawks. And, um, and you know, he um, used to work for city service out there in South Hutch. So, so my father was in the oil and, and petroleum uh, refinery business. You know, he's, he's loved his compressor engines and he's done that for as many time, for, uh, for as many years as I've known him. So that's just his love. And he would bring home these manuals and be reading on these compressor engines, all that. So my dad, he's a man's man. You know, he doesn't really talk about feelings that much. You know, he doesn't like doctors. Um, 
but he loves his family, you know. Um, so my dad was living the life, you know. He got together with my stepmother after he and my mom had separated. And and then, you know, um, and so uh, when I moved out to Hutchinson to live with him and her, I tried to make a go at living with this uh, uh, woman. I didn't really know her that well. Um, you know, everything of the past that happened, I wasn't really necessarily made aware of it. So I was kind of blind, like going in. And, you know, and uh, she didn't like me. Uh, she mistreated me, you know, like uh, she off the top, like uh, she told me, well, you didn't come out of me and I don't like you. And I'm like, you know, first of all, uh, you a grown ass woman and you're telling some little kid, I think at the time I was like probably nine or 10, maybe, maybe a little older, you know. I can't I can't remember, but but I'm like, huh? I'm like, anyway. So and you know, she used to take a lot of things out on me. You know, I had uh, because her and my father had I had uh, one, two. They had two boys uh, together. Adopted my other brother. He's my brother. You know, shout out to to bro. What's up, man? He hit me up the other day. It's good to hear from him. And then uh, my sister. So, you know, and so when my dad was at work, because he worked all the shifts, first, second, third, all that, typically I would be watching my siblings. They never, like, listened to me or respected me, you know. I had to coerce them in, in like, to doing things, you know. It's just your typical, hey, that's big bro. I was, like, years older than them. And so... And what and what uh, kind of would come out of that basically is my stepmother always would take their side. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Even if I didn't do anything wrong, it would still be my fault. Which you know, I can see from the standpoint of me having responsibility. Yeah. But there's sometimes that I wish that she would have disciplined some of those kids because, right now we have a situation basically where some of those kids basically are are kind of rogue. They're just running rogue. I'll just say it like that. There's some things in terms of my father's health, you know. After all those many years of working with oil at the refineries and different things, you know, that's taken a toll on him. And, you know, he was diagnosed with cancer. So he's been, like, uh, doing his thing. And, you know, um, he was able to get it in remission. So then he's taking these shots now just to kind of try to get in front of things, you know. And so he's doing okay, you know. Um, but he's also a diabetic. So, you know. Uh, my dad, he's like he's like uh, most of us, man. I stopped doing this, but, you know, every now and then when you go to the store and you kind of just want to go chomp-chomp on, on, on uh, those little Debbie cakes or, or those little uh, finger food snacks, you know, all that, you know, he gets them. He gets at it, you know, and so, but at some point when he developed diabetes, you know, he just, he never stopped. He never stopped eating those things, you know. There's a certain way that my dad likes to eat, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. I get it. I get it. I've been there. So you fast forward, you know, the diabetes has gotten to a point where now, you know, he has to have insulin. And so, you know, he's kind of got some things that he that, that uh, he needs to deal with, you know, in terms of his health. I think that, you know, with the advances in medicine and different things ever since about 10, 15 years ago, you know, I uh, and even longer, about 20-something years ago, uh, my mom, her brother, uh, my uncle, you know, a shout out like to Uncle B, you know, rest in peace. Uh, we lost him to the same type of cancer that uh, my dad, you know, uh, was fighting, you know. So, you know, and back then there was nothing uh, that my uncle could do. I mean, I think there was, but he just didn't want to. He didn't like having to go through the chemo and stuff. So he just decided that uh, he was done, you know, and I love him. I miss him because, you know. When my mom and my dad split and separated, my mom went to New York. So my uncle, he was always kind of the man in my life and giving me advice and different things and would take me underneath his wing. And So he showed me what the institution of family was all about. He showed me how to be a man, how to stand up, how to handle your business with your family and keep your family zone tight, make sure that everybody was right, right? And when they wasn't right, be the voice of reason to step in there and to make it right. My mom and, and her sister, same way, you know, because uh, uh, their mother raised them that, you know, no, you ain't going to act foolish because my Nana would smack them all upside their head. Even if they were older, she would smack them. I could see Nana. She would smack them upside their head and tell them to get on. 
you know, so, and that's not to throw slight or shade on my dad's family by no means. I'm just trying to set the stage here, you know, so. And my dad's family, you know, is uh, pretty much the same way, you know. Um, my grandma mainly, and I referred to her as Dottie, you know, on my dad's side, you know, she kept the family together. You know, it didn't matter who had beef with who and this whatever, everybody went to Dottie. Dottie squashed it, and that was it. That was it. That was it, you know, done. When we lost Dottie, uh, God rest her soul, you know, the family went through a little bit of a, of a, uh, a tough time, you know, like trying to figure out, you know, uh, the new lanes of living, basically, and, you know, the different people in the family having to step up and fill that role of matriarch and patriarch, which uh, my grandma Dottie, she filled both of those. Because uh, uh, my dad's family, uh, they didn't really have that father figure there, you know. And so for them, they grew up pretty much with uh, my grandma Dottie, who was mom, dad, everything. So, and she did an excellent job, you know, and she kept all them kids right. And my grandma would tell me, you know, the different things and stuff when she saw me. Uh, when I had, like, my first kid and was married and, you know, and she was telling me, you know, these are the things that you need to do, you know, and. And she was keeping me on the straight and narrow. When I would have a rough time or I needed some advice, and she was always there, always. And so she was always, always, always staring me right. And, and you know, one of the last discussions I had with her right before I, uh, I moved out to California, like for the first time, was we talked about family. And what we talked about specifically was that, you know, there's going to be people in the family that are not going to like you because you're outspoken or you say what's on your mind or you just, like, call people out. And it wasn't always that way. I didn't always used to call people out. I used to be a very quiet guy, um, you know, kid. I was just happy. I was just happy just to be in Newton. I was just happy just to be there. When there was something that disrupted that, that made me not happy, then obviously I was, like, not happy. I was pretty one-dimensional back then. I wasn't, I wasn't really privy to the purpose of me having to go back and forth from New York to Kansas. I didn't really, while I knew that uh, my mom was here and my dad was there, I didn't really, it, you know, it's like, because I didn't really understand it, I didn't worry about it, you know. But when I look back now and I see the things that had happened, right, my mom and my dad had made a decision that this is how uh, they were going to handle that squabble. Right, and they put me in front of it, and basically did everything that they were supposed to do to make sure that I had the best upbringing that I could possibly have. It may not have been with a with a mom and a dad in in a one location, but there was a big supporting cast that was there, like to help, and I appreciate everybody for it, both sides of the family, uh, Mitchell and Jones. So, my perspective has always been different than a lot of my families, because I have the perspective of both sides of the family. I've had a lot of things that I've had to go through in terms of squabbles. Like, I can tell you that, you know, I went through some things with one family member, an aunt, and, um, and you know, um, and there was lots of things that, that just made themselves available from other people, like, like, the, like uh, the town butcher, you know. I was good friends with him. He was a knight of Columbus. He was both in, in the same... Uh, uh, Catholic uh, fraternity together for years, you know, and he was a family friend, you know, and he put me on like to some stuff and and lo and behold, you know, what had uh, came out of that basically was, you know, um, uh, there was a family member that, that uh, didn't like me and, you know, I just was like, well, I didn't do anything. I mean, this was information given to me about something and I said, I don't do the rumor thing. I don't do that. So when I hear something like that, I just go right to the source. And I just call it out. Because to be honest, I don't really have time for BS. Because I've seen what BS does and people try like to beat around the bush and all that. Nah. You know, one thing with family squabbles, if you got something to say, say it. It may hurt. Just be direct. Don't do it with the intent to hurt people. But do it with the intent to try to clear the air. To try to make things right or try like uh, to smooth things out. And get beyond the frustrations or the point that you're stuck at. Right, and that was my only intent was basically to try to understand what in the heck's going on here. So it turned into this, this like long-winded drama, that 
that kind of uh, culminated when I was at the uh, uh, local grocery store, uh, Dylan's. I was just walking, and this family member, like, was in there. And she approached me, and, you know, she hadn't really said much to me. You know, in, in, in uh, uh, previous days, weeks, months, years. And pretty much had uh, made mention that every time that, that I saw her, that I was supposed to either address them a certain way or don't address them at all. And I just kind of looked at this person like, okay, so this is the first thing that you kind of will come with. Like, you don't even say hi. And then, you know, so for me, I was like, man, whatever. A few weeks later, I get a card in the mail from the same family member. I think I still have it, negative, uh, telling me that, you know, don't address them at all and all this and all of this other stuff. And I'm just sitting here like, damn, like you like you had to send me a card like to say that you couldn't just tell me that to my face. So I haven't really said anything like to that person. And I'm just like, OK. Um, you know, the circumstances behind it was basically that, you know, uh, there was some intel that was shared that basically, you know, there was some stuff happening um, that was putting my grandmother at risk in terms of the food that she ate. And I saw my grandmother. I mean, my grandmother, yes, uh, she smoked, but in her later years, like, she didn't smoke as much as she used to, but my grandma was in good health. Like, she could get into the kitchen and whip up some salmon croquettes like it was no one's business and do all that. Everyone that's lived with her knows exactly how she was. But I lived in the same town as her, and I would check on her almost every other day, Tuesday, Thursday, you know, like that. And Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so. And, um, and I started noticing that she kept on having these stomach ailments. I was like, Dottie, are you okay? I said, man, your stomach was messed up last week. And she says, I know, I don't know what's going on. And my grandma, she wasn't out there at food trucks or doing nothing like that. I mean, like, she had her little set diet. So, you know, and so I was uh, telling some other family members, I was like, I'm really worried about Dottie. I said, you know, she keeps on getting sick. I said, I ain't never seen her, just like, uh, this sick. And over the course of 6 to 12 months, I saw her lose so much weight. I said, y'all, something ain't right. I said, I see her every day. Her energy was still good, you know, and my grandma isn't one of those that was going to go and walk up and down Main Street and get exercise. Like, she wasn't like that. She was just losing a lot of weight fast. So that kind of uh, precipitated me, like, to say, hey, you know, this is what I'm seeing. So I told the now matriarch and patriarch of the, uh, of the family, I was like, you know, hey, this is some of the things that I'm seeing. And by the way, I got a call from, you know, uh, the butcher guy, you know, and he was telling me all this stuff. And I said, you know, I said, I don't know what's what, but I said, I, I just don't think something's right. Well, the long and short, basically, you know, I guess the family dug in and they found some things that, w that wasn't like right that I won't necessarily share. But to me, I think it's pretty foul. And um, it was related into what was going on with my grandma. So for this, you know, and so like uh, for all this to happen, I'm just kind of sitting here like scratching my head like, Okay, like I got this beef with this other family member. I didn't do nothing to that person at all. All of a sudden, out of the blue, now we got this going on, and I'm like, oh, okay, so it's, it's like that. Okay, cool. And I was just one of those types of things. I had been through enough with my stepmother, with all of the abuse and the hitting and all this and uh, the verbal uh, stuff that she, that she used to say. It didn't matter what anybody said to me to try to verbally abuse me and yell at me and scare me. I was like, that crap don't work with me. So I just, and so I haven't talked to that family member for going on, going on decades now. It doesn't really phase me, um, you know, either because I did everything I could for that person. And at that point, that's how they wanted to handle things. So, but you know, I tell you one thing with God is he don't like ugly. And when you consistently treat people a certain kind of way, that behavior comes back at you tenfold. So, I mean, honestly, for me, all I really had to do is just sit back and just look at it like, okay, well, if this is what you're doing, then it kind of is what it is. So, you know, so to me, it's like, okay, whatever. And I just kind of just moved on and lived my life because right before I left for California, my grandma was telling me, you know, listen, you know, boy, she's like, um, you don't have to stop your life from nobody. People are always going to hate you. They're always going to have some problem with you, issue with you. They're going to be jealous of you. She's like, just do you. She's like, don't feel bad 
because you want to be successful. Don't feel bad, right? If people don't want to catch up with you and enjoy you being successful instead of trying to mock you or instead of trying like to be mad that you got this and they don't have that, then move on. And I, you know, and that was the best advice for me. That's why I haven't really, it hasn't really phased me. And when I look back, I see other family members have had a similar issue. So for me, it's just like, okay, you know, hey, I still love that person. I wish them the best in life. I really do. But I'm also an adult. And so, you know, you got to stand your ground, folks. You know, when you got these squabbles and people just want to come at you like that, be like, hey, I love you from afar. But, you know, you need, you need to get right with yourself. Am I looking for some type of apology? Well, for you're probably never going to get it because people are too proud. But you just let them know, no, you know, you don't step on me. You're not going to step on me. You're not going to push me around. And I pretty much just let that person know, okay, you can say what you want to say. I don't know where this is coming from, but what I'm going to tell you is, is basically that, you know, you say that if I see you, I can then I either need to address you a certain way or don't address you at all. Well, I told him the same thing. I was like, you know, well, listen here. I was like, you know, you can either respect me as an adult or you don't have to respect me at all. So you can miss me with all that. You ain't going to say nothing to me. Your presence is not missed at all. And it hasn't been. And sometimes when you have negative family members like that, folks, you got to do that, right? Because if you continue to let them fester in and out of your life, then they'll just poison you to the point that you will stoop down to their level. No need. Stay above that. Stay above the bar, literally, right? Don't be condescending. Don't look back at them or look down at them. But just look at them and just honestly wish for the best for them and pray for them. We all go through things. And at some point, you know, if she comes back and wants to be cool, bet. If not, bet. You know, like I said, I don't, I don't have no beef, but I sure in the hell don't got time like to waste on ignorance like that. And you shouldn't either, friends. That's my best advice like, like uh, for situations like that because – They'll come along, and there'll be no reason. Like, you just be sitting there, and then all of a sudden, bam, you just get smacked. And it's like, okay, what I do? Right? And you probably didn't do anything. Like, for me, I was just living my life. I was concerned about my grandmother, so I spoke up about it. That was it. And that caused a, a firestorm. Well, I'm always going to be there for my grandma. I'm always going to be there for my family in total, even that family member. But what I'm not going to be there for is for family members that, that want to like uh, have drama going on or start stuff like that, no need. Like I said, life's too short, so separate yourself from that, right? But don't separate yourself from them, but separate yourself from that, right? And then I just let them know, I'm grown. I ain't got, I was like, I don't have time for that. If you want to come at me or address me in a different manner, you are most welcome to. But unless you can come at that level, don't come at all. And And that can be for the next specific uh, length of time or ever. So, and from it, I didn't lose any sleep over that. Honestly, I mean, I, you know, that kind of stuff had happened to me uh, before, so I was kind of used to it. It wasn't really anything, you know, so, and it still isn't, but, but you know, so, but then there's something else that's, that has been going on. <laughs> this is a little different. Maybe some of y'all have had things happen where there's a family member that may be in some type of, of trouble, or maybe not trouble, but uh, maybe they're in a situation, they're sick, they're ill, or something like that's going on. They're going through some things. And there's people in and around that person that, that are also family, but they, have, but they have, let's just say, illegitimate motives. They may have agendas and different things that they're trying to achieve. They're basically using that person. Or on the outside, it looks like that. So let me get into this because this is, this is kind of the hot topic right now that's really bugging me. But it's not, it's not like to the point that it's not like uh, to the point where it affects me to where I'm mad. Because, you know, at the end of the day, listen, we're all adults. We all make our own decisions. And at the end of the day, when things go good or bad or indifferent, we have to live with those decisions and we have to go through the fallout from those decisions. And so uh, kind of like I let off, um, uh, uh, my mom and dad 
were married at some point. They got divorced. My father met my stepmother. Um, there were some things that happened between my mom and my dad. So, you know, uh, they got divorced. And then uh, my father decided that, you know, he was going to uh, take a chance on love and went all in with my, with my stepmother, which, you know, uh, looking back now, I wish he hadn't. Um, you know, uh, my father has worked in the oil and refinery business for, for God knows how many years. That's what he loves to do, compressor engines and just all that. He likes to, you know, he's just into that. Worked all the shifts, first, second, third, all that. He did all that. He was, he was uh, one of those dads that was always grinding, always working. You would see him, but he was an anomaly. When you would see him, he would typically be tired or getting off shift, going to sleep. Right? He just did his damn thing. Wake up, eat a little bit, and try to socialize as much as he could, then go to work again. Just consistently did this over and over and over. Because he rotated first, second, third. So, you know, the day shift, evening shift, night shift. So, for me, when I lived with my mom and then my mom's mom died, I wanted to come out and, and live with my dad. So, I didn't always get to see my dad. But I was always around my stepmother and her children. And so, I went through a lot of crap with her, long and short, AKA Christian woman, whatever. Um, she would continuously always try to push me to seek God and to put God in my heart. So I will give her that much credit, right? And even before I knew her, I had God in my heart. I knew who God was. I went to parochial school for like a long time up until that point. So we would go to mass every day. Every day, Catholic Mass every day, Monday through Friday, and then obviously Sunday. But And so when I move out here, I want to be with, you know, and I want to be with my dad. My stepmother just uh, doesn't like me, like for whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, she used to say little weird stuff like, well, you didn't come out of me, and so uh, you're not mine. You know, I don't recognize you as one of my children. Like she used to say that kind of stuff to me, just real vile, real evil, you know. I never really understood what her beef was with me. I never did none to her. I just wanted to live with my dad. She was just there, <laughs> you know? So, and so uh, some time goes by and I'm dealing with her. She starts getting physical. So, you know, she claims that I'm always a bad kid. You know, that's fine. Would spank me, you know, hit me, all this stuff. But then it went to kind of another level. Mind you, my siblings at the time, they used to laugh about it. They thought it was funny. It was abuse. It was straight up abuse, right? Like she used to, I remember I remember this one time that she spanked me because my siblings did something because I was supposed to stop them. And I was like, what? Yeah, it was just like stupid stuff. But again, she was a Christian woman. So I said, maybe I'm just being a little ratthead kid, right? So there's this one time that we're not seeing eye to eye, obviously. And she spanks me. I'm trying to remember for what it was. And it's to the point where she was hitting me so much that I was just laughing at her. I was laughing, like, when she was spanking me, I was just laughing at her. And it kind of scared the hell out of her. And so she kind of stopped. And I was just looking at her. I was just laughing. And my siblings were, like, just looking at me, and their eyes were big, like, what? I was just laughing. And I didn't say nothing. I didn't say, I just, that's all I did. I guess that spooked her. Some, because uh, sometime after that, not that long, my father got transferred down to Texas. And, you know, he wanted me to come. I was like, I was like, Dad, as much as I love you, I'm not, I was like, no. I said, I don't like her. I said, she claims to be a woman that loves God, but she treats me but she treats me totally different. The things that come out of her mouth, the things that I see when they argue, her and my father, things that she says, like to him, how she talks to him, it, it wasn't love. When I look at it now, it's just, honestly, it's like a hood rat. Just upset that, that he, she is not getting what they want. I didn't know that at the time, but now with the things that I know, that's exactly what it was. Couldn't change the couldn't change like the narrative all the way because I guess I was the uh, anomaly that had popped up 
my mother didn't necessarily uh, like this person, obviously, but respected her. But I didn't tell my mother about none of this stuff, the hitting, all that stuff, because I knew what my mother would do. My mother's a New Yorker. My mother would take off her earrings, would take off her jewelry, roll up them sleeves, and then she'd be like, let's go, let's scrap. My stepmother would have no chance. <laughs> For real. That's South Bronx we're talking about. And I knew that about my mom. And I just didn't want no more drama. So I said, I'm going to go live with your mom. I told my dad that. I said, because I don't like your wife. And I'm never going to like her ever again. I put up with her because my father was married to her. So a couple few years ago, they, uh, they got divorced. And a couple few years ago, right before that, I remember her calling me and talking to me at length about how she felt like my dad had ruined her life. And I just was like, this man's always working. How do you ruin your life? Every time that uh, she wanted something or the family wanted more, he did more. Didn't nobody help him. Didn't nobody else get out there and work. Nobody. It was him. It was him. Period. There's a period at the end of that sentence. And she's telling me all these things. Oh, hey, you know, uh, he ruined my life. And I was like, how did he ruin your life? You married him. You was with him. If he ruined your life, why didn't you do something about it when you was married to him? Right? I mean, I was literally trying to understand what in the heck was going on. And that was the precursor to all this crap that's going on now. I didn't even know it. I didn't, I didn't even know it. And she was telling me how she felt like, well, she could have been someplace else in life and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah. But that was your decision to stay, not his. You could have left him. You chose not to. And pretty much the reason why is because, you know, my dad was the gravy train. Why should I go somewhere when he's working his ass off? I can just use him. And that's what happened. And basically, they went through this messy divorce and long and the long and short of it basically was in the state of Texas, it's 50-50. Doesn't matter what, doesn't matter prenup, none of that matters, 50-50. So here you go, this, uh, this woman didn't do nothing to help my father at all, nothing. And she got half of everything that he's ever earned, made, everything. I felt bad for my dad, not because of the money situation, right? Because I'm not a materialistic person, but I felt bad for him in the fact that he spent all of his life thinking that this person loved him, but this person really just wanted to get back at him. To me, that's lame, number one, that's lame. That's trashy. That's ghetto. Okay. Now, I had to go through, listen to this person holler about God and try to tell me the right way to live. But then I look at this person and how they live then and now. It ain't nothing godly. It's nothing godly. There's still time for her. She can still repent and find the Lord. But let me tell you, she's done a lot of dirt. This, uh, this person has, let's just say, I feel that she's, she is fully responsible my father having declining health right now and that if anything happens to him it's on her head and the rest of my family uh, my dad's siblings have had to to stand back while they accepted this woman this person and tried to work with her understand her and her kids aka my siblings some people over there uh, my siblings and my stepmother they just yeah they foolish right now they're doing different things they're taking advantage of my father from a financial standpoint, while he has been incapacitated for different reasons. Um, other family members on my father's side are not, um, uh, they're not uh, being, being made aware of things going on with my dad. My family that lives down, that's near my dad, like I got an auntie, a shout out to Aunt Pat, love you. She don't even know what's going on. And she's like right there, right there next to him. She's like, literally minutes away from them. So there's a lot of foolishness going on with my siblings and my stepmother right now. And I just want to say, you know, and this is very direct, um, y'all should be ashamed of yourself. You know, I've, I've been uh, put up on a lot of game and the different things that have transpired and, and, and how you all have treated my father. Things that you're doing while he's been sick the trickery and the different things, having them sign stuff and do things. 
y'all going to hell. That's all. That's all. I mean, y'all really need to repent because if not, y'all going to hell. That it's really bad what y'all doing. This man is sick. This man is trying to, he's trying to deal with cancer and diabetes and some other health problems, and he can't even do that because he has to go through all this other crap that these people are putting him through, y'all. It's, it's sad. And my dad is my dad. He's still trying to be positive. You know, I tried to buy him a phone. You know, I bought him an iPhone and I sent it over to him because I said, hey, listen, you know, me and my queen, we're going to pay for, for uh, your cell phone. You don't, uh, you don't have to pay for nothing because he was paying for his own cell phone before. I was like, you don't pay for nothing. It's an iPhone, so you can press one button and you can video call us. You know, you can video call your granddaughters, uh, uh, my daughters, basically. Right. Um, you know, and you could actually see us, talk to us. And I don't know what happened, because he was happy about that. He was excited about it. He has another phone. And the one that I sent to him was like, it was, it was uh, like with the iPhone, if you try to log in X amount of times, then, well then it'll lock itself, it'll brick itself. Well, it's unbricked. I'm I'm looking at it right now. It's fine. I, f I already fixed it. It just all seems kind of weird. At the same time, right, uh, my dad was being moved to different facilities and all this other stuff, so nobody in my dad's side of the family knew where he was. But my siblings and my stepmother knew. Now, mind you, my stepmother is no longer my stepmother. They've been divorced for some time. What in the hell kind of jurisdiction or what in the hell does she need to be involved with now? Unless she's coaching uh, my siblings, which, you know, a lot of people can't see it, but I can see right through it, you know. And my father, he worked his butt to the bone for everything that he's got, you know. And basically, it's being taken away from people that, that supposedly love him. I've never been about uh, my father's money or his material stuff. I don't care about that. I just care about him being my dad and loving him and him loving me. That's it. But way too many of y'all, you know, these a lot of a lot of a lot of the family squabbles uh, nowadays uh, come from people just being greedy, wanting to have more inheritance, money, material items. You know, like to me, like look, if that's how you living, you ain't right. You foul. You're foul. Cause you're living for the world. For kids that were raised in the image and the likeness of God, this is sure in the hell not. That's not how they acting. If I ever stepped out of line with my mother, I would get smacked, literally smacked, and put back into my place. You know what I'm saying? I would never think about treating either of my parents like this. Even though my dad wasn't always there for me, he was really there for me. Like uh, when I was younger, it was just my mom. I never disrespected my dad, ever. Ever. He's still my dad. Right? It wasn't about, well, hey, uh, uh, can I get on your will, or can I get this, or can I get that? Hey, hey, assign this with some trickery, and then all of a sudden now, like my dad is having to pay for something that he ain't, that uh, he didn't even know, incapacitated when he signed it. That's what's going on right now, y'all. That kind of foolishness, and people are just—it's weird. It's like I feel like they don't want him to get better. Like people ordering Uber Eats for him. It's like he's diabetic. What the hell he need with Uber Eats? What the hell, man? He should be eating grilled chicken, salad. He should be eating healthy things. Rather, he's eating the same old things that he's always eaten. My aunt just went through this, my mom's sister, and we lost her because of diabetes. So when you put one and one together and you look at the things that are happening and what people are doing, this is beyond a squabble. Like we have a lot of my family members on my dad's side, his siblings, can't even get in touch with him, don't even know what's going on with him. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, when I talked to my uncle like this past week, I was like, you know, this is stuff that Hollywood's made for. And he just laughed. I was like, you know, never in a million years would I think that this would happen in this family. While pretty much any family is capable of anything, I never would have thought something like this would happen in this family. Because everybody's got love, like for one another. Yeah, there's a couple of places in the family where there's some people that are disgruntled, uh, kind of like I talked about. But for the most part, everybody gets along. But this here, this is new for this family. And this family obviously is handling it the best way that they can. We all keep in touch and we all just want to keep my father in his best interests in mind and number one. So y'all, I ask for y'all prayers to continue to, to have him 
step into the guiding light of God's goodness, grace, and healing so that he can keep moving forward and stay away from these ignorant souls, these sinful souls that just don't know no better, that just don't know no better, right? I caught wind that, that my stepmother, I guess, had visited my father in the hospital. And I was just like, what in the hell? Why? Like, why? Like, hadn't she done enough? And so when you're not living right, and when, you live in, when you're not living for God, but you're living for material items, and when things don't go the way that you thought that they would because you thought you needed to hurt somebody, which is what she told me that she was going to do, backfiring. God don't like ugly, y'all. I'm trying to tell you this. God don't like ugly. So at this point now, what we have is a situation where we got a bunch of people that are helping my father with good intentions, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins. And then you got people that are trying to help my dad with bad intentions, his ex-wife and some of my siblings. The other parts of my siblings, they're Gucci. They're good. They're doing what they need to be doing. They're just worried about them, and they're trying to do the best that they can do. I know everything. It's my job, too. I'm not the top of my family, but everybody knows me to be influential and caring about my family. My grandma wanted me to take that role of peacemaker. But before I can take the role of peacemaker, we got to have some confrontation. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to bring people to the light. They got to see what they've done and what they've been doing. Ask them to change. Now, whether or not they want to change or not, that's on them. That's not on you. Right? If you are in that role as peacemaker, it is your responsibility to do that. If you're one of those family members that doesn't want to do that and you want to stay behind, you need to step up and say something because not saying anything, not trying to help is just as bad as if you help and things go bad, right? Because at that point, you didn't really care enough to want to help people. So for me, I feel like, and pretty much my whole family on my dad's side is doing that. You know, and they're just all like me and all like for a man that gave his whole life to the institution of family that did everything for y'all. This is how you repay him by taking from him, by not taking care of his health, not giving him what he needs right now to take care of his health because of your own personal gain or agenda. Hey, you know, that's elder abuse where I'm from. And the funny thing is that my siblings are nurses. So you would think that it would even make more sense that they could help him. So why is he getting worse instead of better? That's negligence. To me, that's negligence. And there's just no, there's just no place for that. It's too easy to poke the holes in this situation because you could see it for what it is. doesn't matter what you try to put on the top of it. You know, excuse my French, but you can't put sugar on shit. You can still smell it. And it has become so foul that it's disturbing. It's beyond a family squabble. But again, shout out to the Mitchell family for being patient because, you know, while I know there's things that we need to do so that we can make healthier and better moves for him, as well as ourselves as a family. Y'all didn't deserve this. Every now and then in life, you get these people like this that are just full of themselves, and you get these people that have these types of agendas that actually, this is how they are. It's sad. But it is what it is. Y'all got to continue to keep your head above and keep looking high. God will take care. God will take care. He will, because he don't like ugly. Because remember, at the end of this life, y'all, we all got to give an account to the big man. When you die and your soul rises, you go to purgatory, you will sit until it's your time to get in front of him when the good book is opened. And you're going to have to give an account and a testimony to things that you did in your life. And for them, when this comes up, I really want to be there to see what they say about this. What was your thinking? Was this love? Was this lust? What was this? To me, it's ludicrous. <laughs> it's ridiculous that a person's life and their health have to be in the balance because of a personal want. 
y'all, when you have these situations, you know, fight for your families, right? You may have, like in my case, like you may have uh, leaders in your family. Uh, you need, you know, uh, you, uh, you need to consult them and let them know, you know, hey, this is not cool. And they need to deal with it. Because the only one that's going to pay in this particular case is my father. He's the one that's sick. He's the one that needs the attention. He's the one that doesn't need all of this negative attention. Yet and still, the way that my dad does it, he compartmentalizes everything. He says, okay, well, this is this and that's that. He knows it ain't right. I've talked to him. He knows it ain't right. But he's like, you know, hey. But all I'll say, and this is a call to action right here, let something happen to that man. I'm going to turn from soul brother to dub brother real quick. There's always triple sevens that leave from Honolulu anytime direct from here to Dallas-Fort Worth. Let something happen to that man. Just let something happen to him. I'm about my family. And for those that resonate with this and uh, y'all about your family, you do anything for your family. Let something happen to him. Right. I'm done playing with fools. I don't I don't do that. And people know me, I'm a straight shooter. And I ain't got time for the chit chat all that. Let's get right to it. Right? So effectively, you know, there's people ruining my father's life while he sacrificed his unselfishly. Now think about that. Isn't that selfish on the on the uh, behalf of the people that are trying to ruin it? Just think about that. Just think about that. Why would people do that? This is the state of thinking, the mindset of us in today's day and age in terms of what we consider family. Wanting to take care of one another, care about one another, get along with one another is too hard. Why? Because everybody's always wanting what they can't have. They're always seeing above and beyond the institution of the family, the love, the people that you go to when you need advice, when you're down, when you need support. Rather, people are bold nowadays. They don't give a damn. They don't care. They just want to do their own damn thing. Well, let them. Let them. Don't get sucked into uh, their void or their web of negativity. Don't. But sure in the hell, don't let no one do anything to physically harm another family member. The expectation is that you definitely step up and you do something. Because that right there, no human being, if they're incapacitated or can't make a decision for themselves because they're sick or otherwise, they don't deserve that. And to me, I think cowards do that. I think cowards do that. So yeah, I'm dealing with some cowards in terms of my siblings right now and ex-stepmother. Just straight cowards. I don't have no respect for them. But like I told them once before, when I came to Texas on a whim, I said, you better do right by them. You better do right by them. Because God don't like ugly. And you know, things can, and things in life just happen. That's not a threat, but things in life just happen. And what you do to one person it may not happen to you right away, but it'll definitely come back on you. And when you get older and, you, and uh, you're looking for people to help take care of you, things just happen. And it's sad that people have to live like this. This is why the institution of family is no longer really recognized or respected in the United States of America. Because everybody is too worried about trying to fill their bottom line, trying to get the zeros up in their bank accounts, trying to look all fresh and fly and do all that doesn't matter that you have another human life here that is struggling, that needs assistance, uh, that needs help, that doesn't need any more drama, frustration, stress. Stress kills people. It does. It makes people sick. And in my father's case, that's what he's had to go through consistently. He don't need no more. I chatted with my and my uncle and I said, you know, and I told them like some things uh, that I felt and they wholeheartedly agreed with me. And I told him, I said, you know, the biggest thing that he needs is our love and to know that we got his back. 
because all this other stuff going on, that's not love. It's not. And friends, if you're in that same situation, you need to get in front of that because that can turn real ugly real quick. And no one needs that. No one needs that. Not him, not anybody. You have got to stand up and be there for your fam. It's not enough to just talk about it. You got to do it. You know, when he sent his phone back and I see all his siblings had called him and all this stuff and, and I had to wipe his phone, you know, um, it made me feel good to see that, you know, for everyone that, that uh, was calling him that had his back, you know, it was really good. I really wish that I could have gotten to keep that iPhone because the couple of times that we did it, he loved it. His eyes were just glowed up. I mean, he was excited. He got to see his granddaughters for the first time in like years because, you know, we haven't been able to go over there because of the pandemic. He doesn't, you know, he's not a modern age. He's not a modern age pawpaw that knows how to use iPads, iPhones. Like he's old school. He don't even use a computer really. I think he just has a laptop when he used to work, but he would just use one or two programs and that was it just to put in readings. Like that's my dad. He's just, he's that dude. You know what I'm saying? So it, it really made me happy to send him that. So to, and so then like to have his phone get bricked that we had to send it back, you know, and then he has a brand new phone. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, there's other people that I have spoken about that um, uh, made that happen. Because, you know, if you got an iPhone, that means that you have the capability of video. Heaven forbid that, you know, he answers a video call and we start to see things, like we start to see how he's really living or what's really going on. See, uh, 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 you know, uh, the whole reason for sending him that iPhone was twofold. It was one, yeah, to do health checks and wellness checks, right? The other one was to not have him pay for anything so that he could use that money that he was paying to then get him some healthy eats rather than the Sonic or the Wild Wild Wings, all this other crap that he shouldn't be eating. Now, half of that is my dad, you know, because he likes his food. And I told him, I said, yo, listen, man, this diabetes ain't no joke, brother. You know, you got to get on board with eating right because I lost my Aunt Rosie a year and a half ago, all because uh, she wanted to go in and eat just bad stuff for diabetes. And diabetes just started having, it just started to affect her and do other things to the point that she became non-existent. Like uh, she was still alive, but she wasn't really there. And then we lost her because uh, her dementia has started getting bad. The diabetes made it worse. So I, I'm trying to get him to like eat right. Cause he was talking to me about, you know, well, you know, um, uh, what about exercise? And I was like, just go outside and walk. I said, that's the easiest thing. If you just start walking, just start slow. Just walk, you know. I mean, I talk to my dad every every week or two, you know. And and so, you know, and I continue from here, like from the islands, like uh, to try to get him motivated. So, but I know he's been through some things. It's hard when you, you know, like if you're having ailments or like uh, he's fallen a couple times, you know, I mean, you know, so it's, it's hard, but I told him, I said, if you're not eating right and you're falling, it's because you're not eating right. So, and he knows I get on his case, but I told him it's because I love you, old man. I said, if, if I, if I didn't love you, then I wouldn't care. But I said, I said, because I can't be there with you. I said, I got cousins, I got aunties, uncles that are there. Uh, who can step up? And I told him, I said, if there's people that are not doing the right things for you, you need to let them know. You know, so I'm hoping that, that my father's getting stronger, you know, and um, and I know he will. But, you know, it's like he told me, he's like, he's shocked that all this has happened. I said, you know what? You could have fooled me. I didn't think that, that, that uh, my siblings and people had this in them. I say, uh, this is stuff that you hear in Hollywood. This is not stuff that happens in real life. It does, but, you know, just when you think it's not going to happen, like to y'all, it'll happen, friends. So, you know, you got to stay vigilant and very diligent, you know, and, and you got to be very, very, very diligent in keeping in front of all this because sometimes there's family members that only see certain things. 
dollar signs or whatnot. They don't see what they should be seeing, which is love and compassion and caring, just at the level that you just want him to be better or her to be better. Right? These family squabbles, y'all, uh, they're killing us, and we got to stop it. We're all better than this. You know, I don't give a damn how it happened. I don't give a damn what precipitated. I don't give a damn what keeps it going. At some point, be a grown-ass person. Stop it. Because you wouldn't want that to happen to you. We all say, what would Jesus do? Right? And we don't ever live by that no more because a lot of people can't do it. Why? Because they can get money right now. Or they can get bling right now. Or they can get this. That's what it's all about, right? That's what it's all about. Who cares? You're almost on your way out. Uh, how much do you got? I mean, literally, folks, I'm telling you, it's disgusting. If you are in a situation like this, you need to get people involved. The more, the merrier. Get people watching people. Report people. Again, I'm not afraid. And if, and if uh, things keep going, I'll start ruining some careers, straight up. Definitely. And I'll ruin some lives. Do I want to? No. But for the health of my father, he can't fight for himself. And if no one's going to fight for him, I will. Because that's how it goes. I'm his firstborn. And so uh, people got to understand, I know everything. I, m I make the decision not to make a move right now on purpose. People need to understand that. I know everything. Everything. And for people in my family that know what I've been through, for me to be here, they already know. Everything I know. So when you got people like this, watch them. But don't wait because I'm telling you, these people are ruthless. Take action and protect your loved ones, y'all. And overall, just in terms of family squabbles, you know, be better. Humble yourselves. Try to have empathy for the other side. Understand that, you know, life isn't hard and, and things happen. But you don't go at each other's neck. You know, you always got to keep it 100 when you're dealing with people. You got to be understanding of them as well as yourself. And they got to respect you as well. Right? It's a two-way street. That's anything. Inter intrapersonal communication. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. It basically is a two-way street, y'all. The only way that family squabbles will go away is if you start communicating and people start humbling themselves and listening and making the change. Like I said, we all fall short sometimes. We're all human. That's why God sent his son to die for our sins because he knew that we was going to screw up. He already knew it. And again, for everything that is happening, that has happened, people should just pray and repent. You'll be saved. Again, it's not the end of the world. But if you purposely are living for the world, hey, I hate to see what the world has in store for you. And so with that, friends, you know, I hope that this helps. I hope that um, it helps you some to get in front of some family squabbles. And if you're the one causing them, stop it. Man up, woman up. If you know better, then be better. It's, ju it's just that simple. It's just that simple. Life's too short to have to go through this crap like this. Life is too short to have to go through this crap like this. So don't. Again, we all have the power to make the decision to make things better, to change things every day. We all have the power. It comes down to, are we willing to use it or abuse it? One love is always, y'all. This is the soul brought up.